Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast. We're your host, Lisa. And Kevin. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about avoiding burnout by getting away from the homestead, aka vacation. That's what's up next on this week's episode. Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. Come along with us on our journey from a small suburban homestead lifestyle to our new lifestyle homesteading in the rural countryside of Southern Arizona. We'll share with you our tips, tricks, successes, and failures from both our past suburban lifestyle to our new rural lifestyle, all on the Two Acre Homestead. Well, it has been a while. Yep. A whole week? Yes, it has. You know, we took last week off because we decided to go on vacation and we had a blast. Yep. Hey, that was the first vacation without the kids, huh? Um, It's been, what, six years since our last vacation with just you and I? Yeah, just you and I, mom and dad solo. Yeah, we've taken vacations with the kids. I mean, it's not like we haven't been on vacation, but this was just a much needed break for just mom and dad to get away from the homestead and um, meet up with some good friends. We had good friends, good food, good times, but I have to admit, I missed the kiddos. Yes. I really did. Especially day two, you were missing them. But you know, I could tell you were missing them too. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Tough guy here. Anyway, so we took off we took off to the Pacific Northwest. We've and we visited some really close friends of ours um who live in the state of Oregon. And we also went um to the central area of um of Washington state as well. We'd never visited there. And so we just wanted to get a chance to see what it looked like because we have been up and down from Oregon to Washington many times. Yep. But we've never been to the central part of either one of those states. Yeah. As far as um, Washington, we've been on the west side, west of the Cascades and, you know, green and really neat. I mean, a lot of cool things, you know, being able to see fishing going on and, um, it's a little different here in Arizona. You have to, you know, drive and it's all man-made lakes, right? But up there, oh man, beautiful. And But anyway, we'd never been in the central part, right? So it was, um, let's see, well, what's that, what's that tagline? What can brown do for you? <laughs> Don't say that because I'm sure it's trademarked. But yeah. Anyway, but I'm not going to say. But, it, you know, it was just, it was brown and... We have a lot of that here in yeah, uh, we do the desert southwest, right? So the desert has its beauty, but it is easy to impress people who have lived here in Arizona for a long time with greenery. We yeah. are easily impressed with anything green. So well, yeah, but I mean, so you know, it was more brown than I guess we preferred from what we'd seen from. Washington in the past, but you know, we did see a lot of homesteads. 
Yeah, and we did. It was interesting because um you know, the area that we visited um you know, quite a variety of different things, you know, acreage. Um, there were a lot of uh, orchards, you know, a lot of apples and what, cherries and different. Uh, blackberries. Blackberries, yeah. Blackberries. <laughs> we had some <laughs> no, laughs about that. that was in Oregon, that, right? but yeah. Well, yeah, but, um, you know, it was it was pretty cool as far as that goes. But um, it, was, it was funny, too, because it seemed like everyone had goats. Um, what mm-hmm. else? Jersey cows. Nice-looking yeah. herds, huh? Yeah, they were. Yeah, okay. and, it, and it was interesting to me to see, like, you could tell by just looking at the, the fencing, you know, where the property lines were. And it was interesting because some of the properties, a lot of the properties were smaller holdings. So maybe, like... I would say five acres max. And they had cows on there. I mean, like multiple cows. And it was just kind of interesting to see because we don't see that a whole lot here where we are. And one property had what? I don't know, 30 miniature goats. Oh, man. I think those were Nigerians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that was absolutely, it was a sea of white goats. It was so funny. We had to pull over and we were just watching them. It was so cool. Yeah. It yeah. was it was it was really nice. But it was very brown there. Yeah. But what did you and then what did you think of Oregon? Oregon is absolutely gorgeous. Um that state just impresses me every single time we go there. Um Portland, not so much. I'm sorry if any of you are listening from Portland, not impressed with your city. Um, but we're not city people anyway. So, but where we visited was more central Oregon. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been to the, to the coast of Oregon, which we did actually go to the coast on, on this trip as well. Um, we got a chance to go to the beach, hang out there, but then we also went, um, back to central Oregon and it's just absolutely gorgeous and lots of farms um where our friends live there's i mean everybody homesteads around there it's it's a farming area and um just absolutely gorgeous nice rolling hills green um lots of hay and wheat fields um the running joke timber too i mean oh man there were properties Mm -hmm. um you know commercial I'm not well. I don't know. Maybe logging anyway. Commercial properties, right? Where one, yeah. for example, they were um, they had the trees. They had taken off all the limbs, and they were going to creosote them and ship them out as you know uh, telephone poles around the country. I think around mm-hmm. the world. But it was pretty cool. But man, I just it was crazy to see the stack of yeah all those huge logs. And there's a lot of places where you can buy you know, wood for woodworking or whatever. So that was just, that was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, Very green. And, you know, the humidity felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a lot of good seafood. Um, (laughs) We sure did. Yeah. Which, this is a good time to introduce the sponsor of today's episode. Okay. And we'll be right back. Stay with us. seafood? I do. 
I was raised on seafood. My dad would deep sea fish every month. And as the years have gone by, I've struggled to find that same crisp, fresh tasting seafood. That is until now. Wild Alaskan Company brings sustainably caught fish off the coast of Alaska straight to your door. You'll get things like rockfish, halibut, coho salmon, cold smoked salmon, and so much more. So head on over to wildalaskancompany.com and when you go to checkout, use the coupon code 2ACRE, that's T-W-O-A-C-R-E, for $25 off your first order. So again, that's wildalaskancompany.com and use the coupon code 2ACRE for $25 off your first order. And now, back to our podcast. So yeah, it was just absolutely gorgeous. We, we've we been to Oregon several times and every time we just absolutely love it. And like we said, good friends. We've, we've got some really good friends there. Um, so good friends, good times, good food. You can't go wrong. So no. And I know what I mean. Normally, I was just thinking we normally say, so what's new with you? And you say the same thing, but I guess that's kind of our what's new with you, right? Yeah. You know. Well, I think that is what's new with us is yeah. that we got a chance to get off of the homestead. A little R&R. Yeah. And that actually is what today's topic is all about. Um, it's all about getting off of the homestead, getting away, a.k.a. taking a vacation. Yeah. So it's officially summer here. Um, and that means that, you know, I'm sure a lot of you are thinking about going on vacation. But, you know, you might wonder... How do you do that when you have a homestead? How do you leave it behind mm-hmm. with all the things that you have to take care of? Um, you know, there's so, so there's some things that you probably want to consider before you go on that journey of going on vacation. Right. Um, bef- you know, so you can make sure that things keep spinning. So we wanted to talk a bit about that. So the first thing we would suggest to you is getting the right farm help. And when I say farm help, I mean the right person to take care of your homestead while you're gone. You know, you don't want to get somebody, you know, that's too young, but you don't, um, you don't want to get somebody that's too old either that can't move, but you want to get somebody who is responsible, who has a handle on what to do how to do things um, and who can actually get in and take care of things while you're gone. So it's really important to look for the right type of help. There's various ways to find that help. You can find it through various groups. Maybe um, if you're in that antiquated Facebook thing, you can find um, uh, a homesteading group in your local area, maybe hire somebody from there. I highly recommend getting somebody that you are familiar with within your community 
try to hire somebody that you know, whether it's a family member or a close friend or a friend of a friend, somebody that's within quote unquote arm's reach of you so that if something does happen, if something does go awry, they have some of the same resources that you may have as far as people availability while you are gone in case something goes wrong. Um, and I highly recommend that you have that person work with you, you know, follow you around a day or two, or what we like to do is we like to have said person or persons actually spend the night with us the day, like the whole day with us before we leave. So that way they get to see how we move, how we operate on the homestead, what we're actually doing, because there might be things that you're going to write down and you're going to say, okay, in the morning, let the chickens out, give them a few scoops of feed, you know, um, give the, the goats, you know, the reflex of hay or, you know, whatever your instructions are. But then there might be some things that you forget, you know, to write down. So you want some of those, you know, you want that person to see some of those in-between things that you may not be aware of. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And, you know, I was thinking about this too, that, hey, maybe take a quick video. I mean, for you and I, right, you could Mm -hmm. take a a video of me doing those things. And even if you do show that person or persons how it's done, that may be another thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Written instructions, good too. We've done that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're verbally telling them a list of things, yeah, and they're not used to it, it's good because then they have those reminders. So, um, you know, so as far as animals, um, things, something that I was thinking about is, you know, hopefully you set things up so it's easy for you day in and day out. And I know that's something that I've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um, So really for that person, especially if this is not their routine, make sure that things are set up so that um, the person helping you just needs to feed and water. So for example, when it comes to watering, do you have it set up simply? So if you have to fill up, you know, whatever vessels you use for your chickens, the buckets with the chicken nipples or um, the feed, is it nearby? Is it not a a great distance? Do you have, uh, for the feed, do you have adequate uh, scoops, um, devices that you can pour it in and, you know, distribute it out? Is it easy to get to? That'll really help that person and not make it too much of a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, automatic waterers. Automatic waters are another thing. Those are real simple. Basically, you think of like what the valve in a toilet, right? Mm-hmm. Once it gets down to a certain level, it fills again. That's that's really good to have too. Um, before you leave the on vacation, another good thing would be to walk the perimeter of your property. Um, walk around the area where you have your chickens, your goats, whatever fenced in. Mm-hmm. So make sure that things are shored up because it might be that you need to do a little bit of shoring up beforehand so that your animals uh, don't escape and critters don't get in. So that's a good that's a good tip. 
that those are those are some really good tips for the animals. And then the other thing that you want to think about is try not to schedule your vacations around the busy seasons. So for example, if you have a dairy animal, and let's say for example, your you your cow just calved and now your homestead is in milk. Well, unfortunately, this may not be a good time for you to take a vacation if you're in milk at that particular point in time. It may not be. Or it may be that you need to have farm help that understands how to milk. So again, it goes back to the first suggestion of hiring the right person, having that person work with you um, for a couple of days in a situation like that. Maybe it would be better to have a milking machine. Um, so that way that person, if they're not familiar with hand milking, that way they can just easily do what they need to do. But try your best not to schedule vacation when it's the busiest time. A homestead is always busy because there's always something going on, no matter the season. But the busiest seasons, milking season, calving or kidding season, um, the harvest season and the planting season, those are some of the busiest times on a homestead. They're intensive if you can schedule your vacations or your time to get away for whatever reason, um, whatever your vacation is, whether it's just a vacation or you're doing something for your ministry, um, go, you know, go ahead and plan that when it's not super duper busy on your homestead. And the other thing is for your farm help, make sure that that person has everything they need to fill in your shoes. So that would mean they need to have the number for vets. If you take your animals to the vets, they need to know where the medications are. If you medicate your animals for, for anything, for any reason, um, and make sure, and this is why I say have that farm help within hands reach of your circle of friends um, your homestead circle of friends, because that if something comes up, something goes bump in the night for whatever reason with an animal specifically, well, let's say they can't get a hold of the vet, but they can get a hold of Johnny across the street who has the same animals as you. That person may know a trick or two. And that's why I say have that person you know, arms, arms length within your circle of friends or your community of homesteading friends, because in, in case something goes bump on the night with an animal, um, you may not be able that, that farm help may not be able to get a hold of a vet, but they can get a hold of Johnny who's across the street who, you know, may have a trick or two up their sleeve in the event that they can't get a hold of you. Or again, Johnny, air quotes across the street might be able to come over and physically assist with something, especially when you're dealing with bigger animals, cows, goats, um, sheep, those bigger animals like that, you might need some physical help. So it's just, just some advice 
because we have had, I know we've had things happen. We had things happen just when we got back from vacation this time around. Um, something happened with one of our rabbits and we wound up the next day after coming back from vacation, we had to dispatch that, that, um, that rabbit because the, you know, the persons who were here taking care of the homestead, they, you know, it wasn't their fault and by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it was just the timing that, you know, that particular animal got deathly sick. And I do mean deathly sick, you know, the day that we were flying home. So, you know, things happen, but, um, you know, you just want to make sure that that farm help has all of the resources that they possibly can get while you are on vacation. That's good. Those are some more good tips. Um, another thing too, when it comes to animals, um, if you have those animals on rotational grazing, you want to make it easier for whoever's helping you. And um, the risk is greater of fencing problems. So if you, you know, if you stop, if you don't stop the grazing. So give you an example, a neighbor of ours, since we don't have cattle, a neighbor of ours has a number of uh, head of cattle. And we notice that when they're away for a short period of time, that you don't see those cows. Their property is such that um, basically their house mm-hmm. is closer to the main road. It's not a great, you know, a huge road, but two lane road. But anyway, their house is closer to the road, but they're, I think, at 10 acres or so. But anyway, the cows are put in an area um, closed off uh, right. in a paddock you know, where we can't really see them. So it protects them mm-hmm. because if I remember correctly, thinking about that property, um, the area where they put those, that cattle um, is away from other homes and so on. Yes, right. It is. So it's mm-hmm. safer and so on. But anyway, um, by doing that, you're lessening the chance for there to be some fencing issues. Right. Right. What comes to mind in that is, you know, you might also tell the person, you know, if you think of gates, when you open gates, you should open it in inward. Don't open it outward because that animal would, it would be easier for them to escape. Right. Yes, it would. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, the less you have um, rotational grazing going on there, kind of set aside their mm-hmm. their feed and water set up and so on are easy to get to from the outside, then that's going to help. Um, and then when it comes to food and water, have more on hand than normal. Mm-hmm. Now water, whether it's a hose or a 55 gallon drum or whatever you have, try to set it up um, so you have more on hand. And the same thing goes for feed. Um, you're used to where you buy feed and what you buy. Um, so that person may not be aware, especially if you don't write it down, you don't tell them, right? right? So for example, for our chickens, I've learned we don't buy the typical, what is it, the pellets or the broken down crumbles. No. And there was a specific a brand there was an issue with. We found other homesteaders were finding, yeah, if you use this brand, they're not producing eggs, right? right. Mm-hmm. So we use a variety of seeds and I mix it, but mm-hmm. um, I keep these 55-gallon drums, for example, and have quite a bit on hand so there shouldn't be an issue, you know, right. running out. So that'll definitely help too and not cause stress for that person that's helping out. 
And that's really the thing is that you don't want to cause them stress. So you really want to set up things so that it's just easy for them to just basically feed water and keep everybody alive until you come back. So it's really, um, you know, it's just really crucial not to add too much to their plate, so to speak, because they, they aren't you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't know your homestead. They don't know your animals. They're just filling in for you for a short period of time. So try to make things just as easy for them as possible until you can get back home. Yeah, put yourself in their shoes for a second. How how would it be if you hadn't, um, if this is not your experience day in and day out, you know, you probably are going to have some nervousness. Oh, I'm hoping I'm doing this right. Did I remember to, when how, when was I supposed to feed? Right. You write all these things. So the simpler you can make it, mm-hmm. the better. Exactly. Exactly. Well, hopefully this gives you guys some tips and advice on getting away from the homestead, taking a vacation, because sometimes you know, people get so excited about homesteading and get everything set up. And then it's like, ah, I can't go on vacation because, you know, this is going on and that's going on. And then all of a sudden you seem, it feels like you're handcuffed to your homestead. And that's really, you really don't want to feel that way because once you start feeling that you can't do anything or you can't go outside of the homestead, that's when burnout starts to happen. So it's really important that you set up your homestead in such a way that you can get off and you can go and you can explore and you can go on vacation. It takes a little bit more work than, you know, not having a homestead. But at the same time, once you find somebody that's good, that can watch your homestead for you, once you have those simple systems set up, and in place, you will find that it gets easier as time goes on. Um, it's It gets easier and easier to go on vacation and get away from the homestead. And that is good for mind, body, and soul. Awesome. Yep. When's our next vacation? We're not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's soon. <laughs> Awesome. So these have been some good tips and this definitely fits hand in hand with our uh, running topic this season, which is avoiding burnout. So yes, having a homestead, you're busy, always something to do, projects, maintaining animals, the, the gardens and whatnot, but you can go on vacation and it's beneficial. And by following some of these tips or all these tips, make it easier on yourself and the person that helps you and they might be willing to help you again exactly well that's it from all of us here on our homestead so from all of us to all of you wherever you are in the world happy homesteading and stay safe out there